Christian Universe Podcast. This is our first official podcast episode after I released our termination video. And I did say that we would be coming back soon. So I am glad to see that we are back. Um, and I've done a few events since that. So um, this video is not a podcast episode per se, but... um. I was asked to do Wednesday night service at a church in St. Kitts and Nevis called Mullen Phillips's Mullen New Adventist Seventh-day Adventist Church, which is also my home church. And <clears throat> I was given that opportunity. So this is a video that was recorded there. Therefore, saying that it is not in landscape mode, it is in portrait mode. So it is straight up, basically. Um, and it was recorded on a cell phone. Therefore, the quality of it is semi, I don't know. Um, so, but I just want to give you guys a heads up and keep an open mind. But forget about the video. I want you guys to listen to the words that are going on in the video because I'm talking about New Year, same me. I appreciate you guys for tuning in and for you guys standing by me throughout this whole thing. And um, before, of course, before this whole thing gets started, I want to pray for each of you and everything. All right. So, Heavenly Gracious Father, we want to thank you for waking us up this morning. Thank you for the blessing that you have given us throughout our lives, dear God, and throughout this day, dear God. Forgive us of our sins and our shortcomings, dear God. Help us to stand firm in you and to um, help us to also to remember this, dear God. In your name I do pray. Amen. Um, another disclosure that will be shown in the video is that this was recorded for a New Year's service, New Year's Wednesday night. So I will be talking a lot about New Year's. So that's why it says New Year and saying me as the title. But um, of course, editing takes a while and stuff like that. So kind of awkward to post it at the end of the first month. But I feel like it's better late than never. And this is something that everybody needs to hear. Um, I'm currently recording this on my cell phone because it kind of has the best quality that I have. So I'm recording it here on my cell phone. And I'm just excited for you guys to see this, for you guys to um, experience this, to, for you guys to feel it. And I hope that when you guys are listening to this, you guys are not just listening to me talk and ramble on. But, excuse me, but you live out what it is that I'm talking about. God bless and I hope you enjoy brother over here say that he is happy to be in 2023. How many of you guys are happy to be in 2023? Amen, 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 because God has seen it fit to bring you to 2023. First things first, I want to thank you guys for this opportunity to speak to you guys. Um, I'm a little nervous, honestly, because like my dad said, it's my first time speaking openly in front of people that I can literally see their face <laughs> online where I can spotlight myself and only look at myself, you know? Um, but that I must say, I do not remember that experience where I asked <laughs> Uncle Dwight to take Samira on a drive, okay? I do remember the car, but I don't remember that experience. Alright? So let's pray. Heavenly gracious Father, I want to thank you for this opportunity to speak to your people. Dear Lord, I want to thank you for allowing us to see a new year. Thank you for giving us your grace and your mercy. I ask that you be with me 
and help your children to hear you through me. In your holy name, I do pray. Amen. So, it's a new year. How many of you have heard New Year, New Me? Alright, a few people have heard New Year, New Me. Right? So, I'm going to burst you guys' bubble. Whoever believes that it's New Year, New Me. It's not New Year, New Me. It's New Year, Same. And that is actually the topic of tonight. And I don't say this to say that you can't grow throughout the year. I say this because it is proven that by saying new year, new me, you create a dopamine or a instant gratification for any of you that don't know what that word means. It creates an instant gratification that you have changed within the matter of hours, seconds, minutes between the year prior and the year that you just entered. Sad to say that it doesn't work that way. Okay? So, how many of you have New Year's resolutions? Come on, it's a little too quiet. How many of you guys have New Year's resolutions? No? Y'all don't do New Year's resolutions? Okay. Not to lie to y'all selves. I know y'all have goals. See, we have this conception about New Year's resolutions as being something that is so extravagant, but it's just a goal that you have for the year. For me, I have a New Year's resolution of getting good grades, having a job in the summer, right? Seeing my senior year, those are my goals, my resolutions for the new year. Okay, since you guys don't want to tell me that you guys have New Year's resolutions, I'll tell you. One New Year's resolution that I have had consistently over the last five or six years since I've been getting into myself and fitness and mental health is to exercise consistently. And this is one that I know for a fact that people have as a New Year's resolution every year. Right? I'm hearing it, I'm hearing it, I'm hearing it. So there we go. So you guys do have New Year's resolutions. See, see, see how the truth comes out? See it? All right. So, every year, for three to four months, the gyms are packed. This means for about 33% of every year, people work out consistently. But what happened to that other 66%? Why do they stop working out consistently? See, I don't have an answer for that. You have to ask those other 66%. But it's the same way with God. Every week, week after week after week, we come into these doors, we come into these four walls, we call a church, and we praise God. We get spirit-filled and say, okay, this week is my week to spend more time with God, to pray every day, to give to God what he has asked me to give to him. But the sad truth is that by sunset, not even, sometimes we don't even wait till sunset. By that very afternoon, we go back to our old ways and forget that we made that promise to God and to ourselves. We need to stop this. Honestly, honestly we have to stop this. Not just as Christians, but as a people. We have to stop this. 
Because we're saying that we're better week after week, but I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm gonna tell you from personal experience, because I've made the same mistake, I've made these same commitments, but when that Sabbath rolls around, and I say, I'm going to be better this week, and I'm not better than I was last week, I feel guilty. I sit there and I say, man, I could have been so much further if I had only stuck to what I had said the week prior. And this is what we call a regret. And we're supposed to live our lives with zero regrets. So, you guys said you guys don't have any resolutions, but the truth came out, and you guys have resolutions. But those are personal resolutions. I doubt anyone really made any spiritual resolutions. So, with that said, I'm going to give you some spiritual resolutions, seven to be exact. The first resolution is, Every day, live in God. Alright, together, let's read 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Can you guys see that? I was worried the font is too small. It's too small? Okay, fine. I'll read it for you. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. When I first read this verse, I was confused. But I said... You know, we're to read it again if we don't understand it, right? So I read it again. Still was confused. So what did I do? I read it again. I was still confused. I read it again. What do y'all think I did? I was still confused. So I read it one more time. And this time, it dawned on me that it wasn't a literal new creation. It was figurative. It figuratively meant that every day we wake up, we make a commitment to God that we are his people, we are his creation. Meaning that every day is a new opportunity to grow in God. Not every week, not every year, not every month, every day is a new opportunity. Amen. Number two, in everything, praise God. Amen. First Peter, Verses 1 to 13, verses, First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 13 says, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. Okay? Something that we could look at is in Psalms 36, where it says to count your blessings. And they kind of, they go together, honestly. This verse and Psalms 36, they go together. Psalms 36 just basically means that we are to focus on what God has done for us. This verse just basically says that we are to praise God for what he has done for us. We are to praise him in everything, good, Praise him. Bad? Praise him. Someone has died that is close to us? Praise him. We have life? Praise him. Praise him in everything. Number three. Become anew. Now this one at number one, you might be saying, well, Kareem, you're repeating it. Well, yeah, this one at number two, well, Kareem, you're repeating yourself. First one, you talked about how 
with the living God. Every day is a new opportunity. But this one is different. Ephesians 4, verses 22 to 24 says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by the deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. This verse is pretty self-explanatory. But I'm going to go a little deeper. It's not saying to merely just say that you're going to do it. How many of you guys have heard the saying, actions speak louder than words? Right? Our older generation would have heard it. And because they have heard it, of course, they have shared that knowledge with us, the youth, that our actions speak louder than words. So, you guys keep telling me that I need to speak to the mic, but <laughs> I'm not a lot. Hearing myself is making me nervous. <laughs> but, um, like I was saying, our actions speak louder than our words. I can say that I love my dad, but if, but by waking up early in the morning while he is still asleep or while he's getting up and getting ready and making him breakfast, even if I'm not going with him, that shows that I love him. When he comes to Atlanta to pick me up to bring me down here to this lovely country of St. Kitts and Nevis, right? To see my lovely family and the people that I haven't seen in forever, or at least it feels like forever, right? When he comes and he wants to go pot shopping, shopping, I hate it. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie to you, Dad. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't like it. But because of that thing called love, you sacrifice your happiness. And you go. And honestly, at the end of it, I come out with a big smile, enjoying it. And we go back the next day with no complaints about, hey, you ready yet? You don't think you've seen enough pots? They're not going to change. <laughs> right? Right? I know we all have that kind of experience. Maybe not with pots, but, you know, especially if you, our parents want to do something. We don't really want to do it, but we go anyway. Because realistically, we got to go with We don't have a car. We ain't got no keys. We ain't paying no rent in the house. So what they say goes, honestly. So they say we going pot shopping. What we doing? Pot shopping. All right. Number four. Give God control. Now, honestly, this is one that I struggle with, especially as a human, because I like to be in control of things. Like this outfit, Dad didn't put this together. I put this together, you know what I'm saying? And like he said, because I'm his son, whatever he says, I look fresh. Yes. But I know I look fresh because I chose to put it on. And I don't like to give up control. But if we are to honestly become Christians, honestly be followers of Christ, we can't follow our human nature because that's what controls us. So we have to give God control. Amen. Now, one of my favorite verses is the verse that I use for this Jeremiah 29, 11. Now, I'm sure our older generation knows it, so say it along with me. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. There's a saying that says, let go. Well, no, not a saying. There's a song that I love that says, let go and let God. I've learned that nothing happens before a time. 
See, as humans, with our own inclination, when we set our mind to something, we go after it. And I was reading this post and it quoted that it's very, that they were having a hard time differentiating whether God was telling them to stop or God was just testing to see how far they're willing to go. And oftentimes God is telling us to stop, but because we're so hard in differentiating what it is, we force it. We force through whatever barricade. But then, here's the, here's the pickle. That's what I'm gonna call it, a pickle. Here's the pickle. We blame God for when it doesn't work out. We say, God, you knew I wanted this. You knew I wanted this new car. You knew it. Why'd you let me lose my job? God, you knew I wanted this new house. And everything was in place. I went to the bank. They told me I was ready. But you let the loan fall through. But we forced it. God was telling us to wait. God was telling us to stop. God was telling us it's not that time. But we forced it. And when it all fell through, we blamed God. But we need to let God take control. Because when he's in control, We'll get that house. Yes. We'll get yes. that car. Yes. We'll get that new game system for you gamers out there like me. We'll get that new phone. You'll get that new job. You'll get that promotion. No matter how much your boss hates you, if it's from God, you'll get it. Number five is five? Yeah, number five. Live in the moment. I don't think y'all heard me. Live in the moment. This is another one that I struggle with. Because when you reach a goal, how many of you guys celebrate that you've reached that goal? Okay, I hear a little, yeah, that's one, that's, that's it. See, that's what it is. You've reached a goal that you have strived for. You don't even celebrate. You dedicated 90% of your life to reaching one goal, and now that you've reached it, what do you do? You move on to that next goal. So what's that saying? That goal wasn't really important because you didn't celebrate. When my dad gives me a gift, I don't just be like, oh, yay, and walk off. No, yes, dad, thank you for the gift, thank you. And that's how we are to react when we reach a new goal. So let's live in the moment. But let's read James 4, verses 13 to 15. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, you will go to this or that city. Spend a year there. Carry on business and make money. Why you do not even know that what will happen tomorrow, what is in, what is your life? You are amidst of that to appears for a little while and while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. How many of you guys have plans for tomorrow? I know I do. I plan to wake up early, do a few push-ups, mm -hmm. 
go to school, you know, because I have school. It's really expensive. I got school. So I plan to wake up early, do a few push-ups, a little workout, and then go to school. But I'm going to be honest. I didn't say if God allows it, I will wake up early and do push-ups and then go to school. I put it off for tomorrow. I did not live in the moment. I did not ask God for the permission, for the gift of life tomorrow. And that's what living in the moment is. It's not just about those celebrations. It's about asking for that gift of life. That gift of prosperity. Right? Getting close to you. Number six. Number six. Okay, I guess it didn't go. Okay, number six. Allow God. Now, my thought said to write down these verses, but I didn't. So bear with me for a second while I look up this verse. Um, and you guys can look it up as well. Hebrews 12, verses 10 to 11. Um, while I look for it quickly. Okay, and it said, and be that will, we will be made holy through the sanctity Then they discipled us for a little while as they thought best, but God discipled us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those have been trained by it. Remember what I said, allow growth. So there it's not talking about growth and getting tall. It's talking about I'm going to bring it home. When my dad beats me or my mom beats me. When, when they beat you for lying or for taking something home that's not yours or, you know, not really for the small things, but the things that they have talked to you consistently about. Things that they have aired out all their breath, all their energy, trying to get you to understand, to do this, to do that. But you choose not to, or at least they feel that you choose not to understand. So the only thing that they seem to understand or get, or think that you will understand or get, is to beat you. And I'm not going to lie. This is a verse that my mom loves to and I'm going to put her on the spot. And I'm going to get in trouble when I get back to the States. And she hears this. But she loves to use that the Bible says, spare not the rod and spoil the child. And personally, I still don't really get that verse. But, you know, I can't really argue. Because like I said earlier, she the one that pay all the bills. She the one that giving me clothes on my back. She the one... She the one, she the one, right? If I'm in a pickle, I can't really call dad. Dad is all the way down here. 
have to call her. She's the nearest source. So I can't argue with her about this and that and the other. I have to abide by the rules given to me. See, every time we face trials and tribulations of any kind, we need to rejoice and stay focused on the outcome and not the pain of the process. Y'all didn't hear me because I only heard Brother Dwight say, mm, and that should have hit you in your soul. Honestly, that should have hit you in your soul. Because when I read that and I wrote that down, that hit me in my soul. And I'm still young. Honestly, I look at these people that are so much older than me that have not gotten to the spiritual walk that I am at. And I'm only 17. So God has been good to give me people in my life like Brother Bratcher, Sister Warner, Dad, and Brother Dwight, and my aunt, my uncle, my grandmother. Yeah. Even though sometimes I'm like, Grandma, this is outdated. <laughs> I'm gonna go there, I'm gonna go there. This is outdated. But she has the wisdom that has allowed me to become the young man that I am today. Amen. To be as spiritual as I am today. See, that's a perfect example of allowing growth. When they discipline me, you really think I want to hear them talking about how, how I did this and how I did that and how I should have done this and how I should have done that? No, I want to get along with my day. I messed up. Yay, hit me. Teachable moment. I don't really care. Let's keep it pushing. But because they sat me down, we had that teachable moment, that discipline. And I didn't just shut them off. Because I'll be honest, there are times where I just go, oh, silence. I hear you. I don't really hear you. I hear you. I hear the words coming out of your mouth. But ask me about, ask me what you said 20 minutes later. Won't be able to tell you a word. But because I allowed the growth, and because they didn't give up on me, that too, because they did not give up on me, like God has not given up on each and every oh, one yeah. of us, and we have allowed growth, or at least I hope we would allow growth, we become better day after day, night after night, week after week, month after month, year after year. Oh, yes. Lastly, and you really 
dissect Revelation, you realize it has so much more goodness in it than it has about the evil and the nine-headed dragon and the six-headed lion and the mix all together, you know, the beard with the wings of an eagle and the head of a lion and all of that and the skin of a lamb, all of that. Right? When you read Revelation in depth, you find out that there's so much better in it than the evil. And this is a perfect example with be heaven Revelation 21 verse 5 says, He who has seated on the he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Now, one of my favorite verses, and y'all can mock me for it, because a few of my Christian friends have. Because this is a verse that everyone knows. Even my little cousin Bashan knows this. Because this is a most popular verse in the Bible. John 3, 16. But what I like to focus on is 17. But because you can't say 17 without 16, I say that my favorite verse is John 3, 16 to 17. And I'm going to recite it for you guys. And it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But here's what 17 says. It says, but God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So when I read Revelations 21 to 5, it, it reignited that fire within me. It reignited that hope. He has gone to make everything new. We know that in the Bible, I'm not exactly sure where it is, but we know in the Bible it says that he has gone to prepare mansions for us. The other day I was talking to my dad about this and I was like, you're not gonna really be able to tell me what to do because I got a mansion for myself. You got a mansion for yourself. So I'm gonna walk in and out my mansion as I please, right? So. When we get to heaven, everything is going to be made new. That same humanity that I was talking about, that we live on or that, that we allow to control us, that won't be anymore. Because our humanity will become godlike. It will be godlike. Um, Sister Cynthia, she sang an amazing rendition up here. Amazing. Heavenly. But when she gets to heaven and is transformed, oh, I tell you. 10,000 times better. Oh, yes. 10,000 times better. Because everything will be made new. Oh, yes. So there's no point in saying, oh man, the stock market just crashed. But that's for me. That's for me. Or let, let's, let's sit here. Oh man, water just got cut off. Man, electricity just went and I was watching my favorite show. When God comes, I'm going to have water for days, milk and honey for days, for a lifetime. Streets of gold, white robes. You know that same lion out there that's trying to kill you? That's going to be up in your house, up in your bed like a little dog. That snake. That same anaconda that people be talking 
that can eat you whole. Be petting that down. You know what I'm saying? Everything will be made new. So let's. Because I've said a lot. I'll admit, I've said a lot. Let's recap. Number one, every day live in God. And remember, living in God is just remembering that every day is a new opportunity to draw closer. Number two, in everything, praise God. That is just to remind us that good or bad, he deserves the praise. Yes. He deserves the honor. Yes. He deserves the glory. Oh, yeah. Number three, become anew. And the easy way to say it is, actions speak louder than words. Put into action what you said you were going to do. Number four, Give God control. <laughs> that says give her control. <laughs> but it's supposed to say give God control. Give God control. And that's self-explanatory. That's all you have to do. Give it over to him. All your worries, all your burdens, give it all to him. Number five, live in the moment. Ask God to give you that gift of life. When you have reached that milestone in your spiritual journey, celebrate. Because God, they're celebrating. As Christians, or at least um, in my church in Atlanta, we believe that every time a new believer comes into the church, or that they commit their lives to church, there's a party going on in heaven. And I can't pers- I personally can't wait to join that party. I personally cannot wait to join that party. Number six, allow growth. The temptations and trials that are happening now, they're just there to help us grow stronger in God. That's all they're really there for. They're not there to discourage you or to say, man, it would be so much easier if I could do this, so much easier if I could do that. No. It's to build you stronger. It's a saying, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. God's never going to give you more than you can be. Number seven. Be heaven-minded. We just spoke about it. Stop focusing on now. The problems that you have now. And focus on what God has promised you. Focus on what he has said that he will give you. And as I'm sitting standing up here and looking at that list, I realize that I have seven resolutions, spiritual resolutions for you guys. But there are also, but we know that God's favorite number is seven. Seven seals, seven gates, seven resolutions. Thank you guys. Um, and a happy new year. And I really hope that you guys weren't just sitting there and listening to me babble on about <laughs> God and my experiences and making these funny little jokes. I hope you guys really sat there and listened to the words that I said and that you guys will not just stand up there and 
read this list, but will live this list. We will become anew. We will share this list because they say there will be no stars, there will be no starless crown in heaven. And you may not have spoken to anyone about God, but if you live the right life, change people. So let's create more stars on our crowns. Let's share this list. Let's bring people closer to God. Let's live a life that brings people closer to God. Good night and happy.